When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Great to have you in, Hale Varsity Roadshow, as uh, we just wrapped up some uh, North Star Millard North basketball, and we're here for it, an abbreviated edition of Hale Varsity Radio, powered by your friends at Cornhead Lager. We're courtside at Pinnacle Bank Arena, tip-off between uh, Lincoln Southeast and Lincoln Southwest coming up in just a bit. Hour two is uh, just a few, few moments away. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you, 489-1240. Numbers to get in, 800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. And as always, you're welcome to jump in the stream. Find, follow, subscribe, like, all those good things. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel can follow on Hale Varsity Radio. Twitter at HVarsity Radio and uh, our affiliates uh, across the way as well. Uh, many will be picking us up. In the 5 o'clock hour, can watch us on Twitter with Omaha's ESPN 590, uh, KFOR Facebook and Twitter at KFOR Radio, at H Varsity Radio, and then KFOR Facebook. Find Elijah. Tell him what you think of his hat. What do you got going? Oh, it, it's it's the same hat I've been rocking for a I know, but I, I can't see. I can't zoom in on you. Okay, it's just a, it's a it looks like it's a state of Nebraska. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. This came from uh, our friends uh, Gary Novotny, Big Red of the Rockies. Oh yeah, you, so you okay? So you got me to get you a, a Big Red of the Rockies polo. Polo, which is great. It's it, that blue one. But th- then you pulled the trigger. Is that the leather bill or it, no? It's just a regular old bill, but it's got the leather design on front. Right. It, it showed my appreciation for him having us out. I knew uh, there was a really sweet orange bowl hat there. I sent a picture mm-hmm. to my roommate. He wanted that one. Got my other roommate a hat, and I snagged this one as well. So that was my, my way to show our appreciation to Gary for having us out to his yeah. great event up in Estes Park. So pulled the trigger on this hat. One of my favorites. I've been told by uh, my roommate Alex that if he were shooting a movie in Nebraska and he was looking for things to put on extras, this hat would be number one. Mm-hmm. Just a generic-looking Midwestern hat with the state of Nebraska on the front. I thought that was kind of mean, but I still like this hat anyway. No, I think it's, I think it's uh, outstanding. Exactly, exactly. So uh, Mike Babcock, uh, he has some, some sweet lids, uh, but uh, the task at hand to, to talk a little Nebraska basketball next hour, uh, what they're all about uh, when they uh, try and get things figured out uh, about uh, – 24 hours from now, uh, there'll be uh, less than an hour from tip at Ohio State. Quad one opportunity. Let's get roll call going. We'll reset this as well next hour. And your grandpa got in at 3.30, checking things out. Fongway uh, Reldman 
has checked in. He's thanking us for putting shows up on YouTube. In at three is Brandon, uh, the uh, founding member along with his brother, uh, Jeff Snitley of the Boulder Peace Treaty. Her Her dizzle is fifth. Jeff is sixth. The artist formerly known as KG Kids for Life. It at six, uh, KP 300, Tuck is here, eat beef, and then Tiger Shark Diver says, hello, I'm here. We can start the show now. <laughs> Ronnie says, what's up? Weston's here. Uh, Brennan from the Black Hills is good. That was a quick, quick hour one. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> hour two is on the way. Hail Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're live here at Pinnacle Bank Arena Girls State 2024. An abbreviated uh, first hour and... uh, I see familiar people as Elijah is clowning me on social media. The empty backdrop behind me, all the people here to see me. You know what it's all about, right? I'm kidding, it's, of it's, course. It's still starting to fill in late. I see the folks there for you. Well, I see the, the Berta family making their way down, which is great. Coach Tim Berta, our favorite. We're not supposed to have favorites, but we kind of do. Uh, Timmy B and Southwest uh, hook up with Lincoln Southeast here. Less than an hour, so that is uh, good stuff. We are here for you. We are excited to spend time and talk plenty of ball with you, 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Mike Babcock, Mr. Husker Football, going to be with us in about 15 minutes. He is in the green room, excited there. Uh, Tuck, we already did you on the roll call, but this is pretty good. Tuck was in. Uh, around 3.45, waiting for the 4 o'clock part of the show to stream. It did not. And Tuck was asking the question, is the show going to start later than usual? It's not even the weekend. We get a lot of flack for our 7.45 weekend start time. <laughs> that turns into 7.50. It turns into 8.05. That turns into Brandon Vogel beating us uh, on air. Uh, so so there we have it. That's, that's funny, but uh, plenty of football to talk. And uh, Lance Leipold, come on down, man. It's time to go Scrooge McDuck and swim in a, uh, in, a, in a room just full of money as he got a bump that's big time. We can also talk a little bit here about the NCAA and uh, their uh, meeting in Indy, the calendar changing from spring signing. Here's what they're proposing. Three signing periods, the last Wednesday in June. The Wednesday following the regular season, that December 22nd-ish date, or maybe the, the first week of December after 
your conference championship games in the first Wednesday in February. Maybe you, you go to three. I just want really good college football coaches, if they want to, to stay in college football and not run off to the NFL because there's no downtime, there's no off time. Uh, we'll talk with Coach Barnett about more of that tomorrow. But Elijah, uh, Nebraska basketball is front and center. Let's start there. And uh, we chatted about this on the Average Joe Sports Show podcast. And I, I think it's time to get some feedback from the stream and from the listeners. All right, Fred deserves an extension, true or false? I go true on that. What's the extension number you give him? Fred was making $3.5 million and then got, uh, got Harbaugh, where he took a pay cut because of performance. He got that reinstated last year. The metrics were met to get the reinstatement, and now it's going to be extension time. Good story by Mitch Sherman uh, with uh, with Nebraska basketball, and and Fred uh, getting the attention of of Trev Alberts. And Trev knows to take care of people. Trev knows how to treat people, and you've got to absolutely do uh, do right by. By Fred Hoiberg. And it's not just a, oh, well, he's going to get to the tournament this year, or he's supposed supposed to. It's they've got a real shot to, to go next year, and I know I'm counting chickens here. But that's real uh, with what's coming back. That's an expectation. So uh, a long-winded way of asking that question, do you give Fred an extension? Do you give Fred a bump? I am yes on both. What's the number? Uh, 6.2 is what Izzo makes. I don't know that, that maybe Fred has some, would have some other suitors because there's always uh, the, the coaching carousel. Give him the bump, bump him up to maybe four and a half million. It's easy to say it's my money, but he's done enough to earn it. He's changed how he has recruited and he has emphasized defense. He is Big Ten ready, and I think you can feel good moving forward about Nebraska basketball. Uh, not just because of one season, but you've seen it kind of coming with who they've recruited and how they've played and how they've won. And and that's that's why I'm in. Uh, I'm not in any mood to lose Fred Hoiberg or tick him off or make him feel unappreciated because he had a monster e- ego check uh, coming from the NBA to Nebraska, getting a pay cut, and a, 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 a enduring those really bad seasons early on because... They just didn't go about it the right way with with fit. It wasn't a talent issue. You got some uh, some photo bombers behind you. <laughs> uh, it's the the joy of live radio at a public event such as PBA. That's awesome. But uh, I will say, whenever I I think about Fred and what he's put together this season, the question you have to ask yourself is: Does this feel like a one-off season that he's thrown together? Does this feel like the foundational year that sets the stage for the future? And that was last year, I think. And I'm kind of with you on that. You've already taken, or Fred's already taken the, the monetary hit. He's already come back, proven he wants to be here by, by refining what he does at Nebraska, throwing together this team. Like, even if the wheels fall off and Fred Hoiberg takes this team to the NIT, which at this point in the season I don't think is happening. I'm not prepared to call Nebraska a lock, but about as close as you can be in the college basketball world without being a lock is where Nebraska is right now. Um... It feels like Fred Hoiberg has set the set the stage for the future. And that's all you need to ask yourself. 
Will the fans show up next year if Fred Hoiberg gets the extension? Yes, absolutely. Do you feel good about what Fred has coming back next season, what he's got in the recruiting pipeline, and what he can do in the transfer portal after this season? I think that answer is unquestionably yes. You have a guy that just won 20 games and has a chance to get a double bye to finish top four in the Big Ten, I believe for the first time since Nebraska has joined the Big Ten. Just being in this position this late in the season is a massive, massive uptick to Nebraska basketball expectations. I mean, do we want to go back and, and look at the preseason poll where they picked this Husker basketball team to finish in the Big Ten? It was outside the top ten. The fact that Fred Hoiberg has gotten this team to a point that could potentially finish top four and get a double bye, he's put himself in the conversation of coach of the year. Absolutely yes, Fred Hoiberg has done enough to earn an extension, even if the wheels fall off at the end of this season. I think the extension or the, or the raise might not be as significant should he not make the NCAA tournament. But if he does make the NCAA tournament, I think Fred has done enough this season to prove he deserves to be one of the higher paid coaches in the Big Ten beginning next season. So some feedback here in the stream. Uh, Steven asked the real important questions. Did Connor get bailed out of jail uh, after the big birthday celebration? We, we did get a text from Connor Clark this morning, and he has classes on Wednesday afternoons. That is why he's not with us here this <laughs> afternoon. Let's curtail those rumors to start. We got a text from Connor Clark, and one thing I know about jail, they don't let you have your cell phone in there. So I no. think we can confirm no. that Connor's not in jail. That, 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 you gotta, you got to find a guy like Red and, and Shawshank uh, in in. 2024 to, to, to get you the, the, the drop sell, allegedly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Connor, Connor's uh, alive and well. Um, so the artist formerly known as KG Kids for Life uh, chimes in. Do you give Fred uh, a bump right now? Right now? Listen, I, I think what Fred has is sustainable, and that's to play competitive basketball. I'm not in that camp of expecting Nebraska to go to the NCAA tournament every year. I'm not crazy. As Coach Brett is waving, he says, I'm number one. That's incredible. Um, Nebraska is sustainable with with how they need to attack and live life in the Big Ten. It's going to get a whole lot hairier next year with Oregon coming in, USC, UCLA, and potential uh, any future expansion. Listen, what, what do you want as a Nebraska fan? You want something to cheer for while you're waiting for football. <laughs> Not all of you, but that's most most of us growing up in this state. Said, all right, what's happening? Can basketball be good? Can it be competitive? And yes, was the answer under Coach Nee. And he had he had good players. He recruited well. But uh, KG Kids for Life says all the money that we save when Frost took a pay cut, which went into buying uh, into paying his buyout. So never mind. Listen, um, Defina chimes in and says same base salary. He should have been fired, uh, but give him some incentives. That's fair, but I don't know if that. Um, well, I think I think I, the, I think I the fact that maybe he should have been fired and has gone together and thrown together the season that he has this year is proof that he deserves the extension. Yes. I, I can see it both ways. I can see it as, well, I think that 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 comes from a place of this maybe this season's more of a flash in the pan based on what he's put together in the past four seasons. But I don't believe that. I think Fred has a formula for success moving forward in the Big Ten. Obviously, it's a down year in the Big Ten. We can all accept that. But going and potentially finishing in the top four in the Big Ten is a big, big deal. It's one of the premier basketball conferences in America. I, I think it is a big deal. And, you know, he can be in contention for, for dancing, right? Be in contention for dancing, dancing 
three out of every five years. That, that's that's kind of my line. Maybe it's not a high enough bar to reach. Danny checks in. Fred already took a hit. Financially. Yes, and, and made this team better than it really is. Pay and extend the man. No, he, he can develop. He's got a good eye for talent. And bottom line is he's been pretty good in the portal, wouldn't you say? Oh, I mean, his, absolutely. Por- his portal hits have paid off be- between Walker and Greasel last year. Uh, Jawan Gary's been incredible. And then look at look at the long-term investment and payoff of Tomanaga. How long did you hear how great Tomanaga is supposed to be because of his practice play? And he went on a heater to end last year. He's been really good this year. Wiltshire not only was one of those high-profile dudes that you get, but he's accepted his role, and away you went. He he knew he, he messed up with some of his hires and how they went about it. He he had to get hands-on with recruiting, retool his staff, which wasn't easy because those guys had won a lot with him in Iowa State, but the world's changed. And uh, they, they, they wrote those wrongs. They and, fixed that. And there's one more piece of the discussion that you have to – to look at here it's not just what fred hoiberg has put together at nebraska it's what other schools think of what fred hoiberg has put together at nebraska fred hoiberg is a guy that has a lot of respect in all college basketball circles media coaches i mean everything people love fred hoiberg mm-hmm. do you think a school like ohio state would come sniffing maybe not but, but Fine, maybe. Mi- there, there's michigan plenty of coaches that ohio are, state exactly. indiana i mean there's a lot of coaches or places right now that hate their coaches. Exactly. And and <laughs> does that mean Fred Hoiberg will leave? No, I think Fred Hoiberg's pretty happy within Lincoln. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, send his kids to Lincoln High Schools. He's got family ties around here. I think Fred's happy in Lincoln. But I also think you want to nip that in the bud before you have potential. How would Husker fans feel about Fred Hoiberg getting poached this offseason? That one would sting. Well, Absolutely. Don't I, let I, it I happen. It, I think if you're Trev, with the financial situation that Nebraska has, new Big Ten media rights deals with just what Fred put together this season, I think you have the room in your budget to take care of the man and prevent him from going and sniffing around elsewhere and looking at what other jobs can pay him, what other jobs want to take care of Fred Hoiberg. You take care of him so nobody else has to. Uh, Steve checks in again and says, look, success, yes, but also the financial commitment speaks volumes for recruits, not just high school recruits. I mean, look at Jamarcus Lawrence. Look how he's how far he's come again with a roll tweak. Um, Danny's not wrong. If they don't make the NCAA tournament, I don't blame it on Fred. He has shown them how to fish and what they need to do game in, game out, to be honest with you. It's kind of up to them. Uh, so, no, it's not even a discussion for me. You, you extend Fred, you pay Fred, and this isn't an overreaction to uh, a nice run or them getting to 20 wins. Nebraska's got a great history of paying people and then uh, two years later walking them into a a room, uh, Joe Pesci style in Goodfellas. It's the lottery. You come to Nebraska, you get an extension with one good season, and then you get offed and you get a monster golden parachute and buyout. Here's money, just go away. We'll rehire the new guy. Trev's thrifty, and I mean that as a compliment. He's very financially uh, responsible. So he's not going to just throw money uh, in, unless you've earned it and deserved it, and Fred's done that this year. 
and for him to reinvent and remake is pretty impressive. And, I mean, you look at what up, is upcoming tomorrow, another quad one opportunity for Nebraska against Ohio State. This team could be in by the time we talk on Friday, like a, a lock for the NCAA tournament. Oh. I, it's scary to say. It's scary to say because of the potential disaster that could come in the final two games. Don't get me wrong. But if you can beat Ohio State on the road, senior day, guys don't want to lose. If you can beat Ohio State on the road, you should be able to beat Rutgers, especially with the bad taste in your mouth with what happened in Piscataway early in the season. Like, you show that you can go beat Ohio State on the road, get a second road victory in the Big Ten. That might be all the, the, the selection committee needs to see. I'm not chalking up Rutgers as a win, but you kind of would. If you can go on the road and beat Ohio State, you should be able to chalk up Rutgers as a win if you come and bring it. But even if you lose those last two games, that still might be enough to get you in. So I think that's something that to consider here is that Nebraska might be one win away from being an NCAA tournament. It, I, it, I hate saying lot because of Husker PTSD, but that's, he needs to that's he needs right to word. feel he needs to feel appreciated. They can't go out and score forty eight and get annihilated by thirty tomorrow night. Totally get that, but uh, small raises, heavy incentives for Fred. That that is the math I do on it. Maybe bump him up to four point two five, and uh, give him another four four years, and. It's okay. It's okay to go that way. And then what, what's, uh, what's a fair number per, uh, per NCAA tournament win? I mean, do you give them a, you know, you get a bowl win, it's 150K where it used to be. I think you look about the same for an NCAA tournament. Nebraska's never won a game. I mean, watch that, him rip off, watch him rip off sweet 16 seasons and to start printing money. Mike Babcock's going to be with us. We're courtside. Tail Varsity Roadshow at PBA for Girls State. We're powered by Cornhead Locker. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you again. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back here courtside is it Southwest and Southeast. It's six for Girls State 2024. Miller North. Uh, done in by Lincoln North Star as the Southwest Band is filing in. Many of the parents and family and all sorts of emerald green across the way here at PBA. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mr. Husker Football. We welcome in Mike Babcock with Hale Varsity and Herd at Sports at MD Babs on Twitter is where you can find him and uh, get his bi-weekly newsletter email uh, from Babbers. Do that at Mike B at HerdAtSports.com. Mike, show me the money, man. How how we doing here? Where you want to jump in on this Hoiberg extension discussion? I think it's oh. probably uh, probably uh, being thought about, maybe even been talked about. Well, show me the money. You know, my newsletter is free, so that says <laughs> something about what. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I heard you guys' discussion, and, you know, I agree. I, I, I like the uh, suggestion that, you know, it's a, a modest raise and incentives. I, th- I think that's a good thing. I think it's interesting that we're talking about it with three games left to play um, because a lot can happen and w- w- with those three games. You know, Nebraska right now is in control of its own destiny. Nebraska can be in that top four, right? and can have two buys if it takes care of business. And by taking care of business, I mean 
winning uh, at Ohio State, winning against Rutgers at home, and winning against Michigan at Michigan. Now, uh, you have the opportunity. That's an, you know, winning at Ohio State. Ohio State is not a, a great team, obviously, towards the bottom of the conference. But Michigan's at the bottom of the conference. I think <laughs> Michigan is two and seven at home. So those are winnable games, and then you expect to win a, a home game uh, on senior night against uh, uh, Rutgers. So, again, Nebraska's in control thanks to uh, uh, Indiana stepped in and beat Wisconsin, right? So that, that helped the situation. Um, and, you know, who knows what happens with Northwestern. Northwestern has four games left to play. Uh, I think uh, against Maryland tonight, maybe. Two home and two away. So... It's just, you know, maybe the discussion heats up after we see what happens with those three games, or do you think that it needs to be, the discussion needs to be resolved in some way before that um, because of the potential for teams coming in and, and trying to take him away? I think it's fitting, Mike, that at the background of PVA right now, maybe you can hear it on the radio, maybe you can't. The song playing over the loudspeakers at PVA is Highway to the Danger Zone. It's Danger Zone, excuse me. Kenny Loggins, Mr. Soundtrack Hit. And I think that's fitting because where we're at right now, you laid it out, you nailed it perfectly. Nebraska controls its own destiny to close the season in terms of its postseason aspirations. But the history of Nebraska basketball show whenever they're in control of their own destiny, it's the danger zone. Do you think this team is different in that regard? I I think so because... (laughs) You know, it, 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 it got that road win. You know, that that was something. Um, hadn't had that. Um, and it, it handles home court. And if you look at these games individually, it's not always the same guy that steps up and does the job. That's the thing that I like about this team is that you don't have, you know, Tomanaga has some at the 30-point game and then doesn't have a 30-point game. I mean, it, um, uh, Wilcher comes in and has a, a great game and helps him win a game, uh, comes off the bench. He's, he's a force. Josiah Alec, I think, is undervalued. That guy, to me, in a lot of ways, reflects this team, just the grit that it shows and the, the, uh, the force. And those are the kinds of things that, that uh, mask. Nebraska has several guys that can step up. I didn't mention Williams. I didn't mention Lawrence. I didn't mention Gary. Um, it, you, you don't have to rely on one guy, and it can be any guy can step up and lead the team. That's what I like about what Hoiberg has put together here. That's what I like about this team. And when you put it in the context of what you're talking about, Nebraska has never won a game. In the, in the NCAA tournament, is this the team that can do it? Well, first of all, obviously you got to get in the tournament, but I think it is because of the way they play. Because of the, my only concern is the road record still is, you know, you're not going to be playing at home uh, once the NCAA tournament begins, and you're not going to be playing at home in the, in the Big Ten tournament. So, how does that? What happens in those? situation what happens in the big 10 tournament is going to have something to say with how optimistic i am 
about a potential uh, NCAA tournament. We might we might be a little bit premature on on talking funding and money and bump, but I, I have no doubt as one of our stream listeners uh, points out that you have some some blue blood programs that are desperate for good coaching. Indiana, Michigan specifically, right? And you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to wait around to hope somebody doesn't come and, and pay the man his money. And, and I don't think we're premature, Schmitty, because if you put on your AD hat, if you're Trev Alberts, I guarantee this is in the back of his mind. Sure. He knows, yeah, no, Trev's, Trev's several steps ahead. And I love it. Well, look at this. We got we got Tim Barrett here. Good to see him. Yeah. Uh, big old hug from the Southwest head coach. They're going in what? It's it's thirty minutes southeast southwest down at PBA, correct, Schmitty? Uh, Twenty-four minutes and thirty-three seconds. Oh, to be exact. Okay. I love it. So yeah, we got interrupted because that dude's awesome, and he cooks incredible walleye. Okay. Um, <laughs> We, we get back to, to the Fred talk. Uh, where does Fred Hoiberg fit in this? What does he cook well? That... Whatever he wants. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, 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 Fred, I think, would be the king of, this is a, a naughty term, but leftovers. Right? When we talk portal, I mean, what he's been able to, to bring together has been, been pretty good. Babbers, I want to get your take on the, um, the Rays, since we're talking money. Lance Leipold, you covered Lance. You know Lance, seven million dollar man down at Lawrence. His home away from home will be Arrowhead, which is cool. But they have played really good football. Not far from a uh, a three win season year one, but that that magical win over Texas, uh, and then they they get to nine uh, with a win over number one last year and. Did it with a backup quarterback. I, I love watching Lance Leipold. He's one of those names that Nebraska. I'm sure was interested in before they got a really good one, I think, in Matt Rule. But uh, how about old Lance from NAIA National Championships to Rock Chalk uh, Jayhawk? He can start his own Kansas bank right now. Yeah, I'm really happy for Lance. I really am. And, he, you know, he's he's in the college football realm of what we're talking about in basketball. You know, that Kansas – I'm sure was looking at, hey, we need to pay this man his money because we don't want to lose him to somebody because I think the potential would have been there had they not uh, decided, had the Jayhawks not decided to, uh, to, to to bump him up there and uh, put him in that kind of realm because what he did for a program that was uh, struggling is, is uh, already significant, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, Going way back, to me, it was surprising that he left Wisconsin Whitewater. He had incredible success there. It was every year it was Wisconsin Whitewater or Mount Union, you know, would win the win the championship. And, uh, you know, he left there and went to, uh, what, Buffalo. And uh, now he's getting the job done at Kansas. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for him. He's a great guy and, and a great coach. He's, he's proven that. Well, and as we talk, like contract extensions here with, with Fred. I mean, you're talking seven plus million dollars a year for Leopold. That puts him among the top coaches, not just in the Big 12, but from really nationwide. Puts him among the leaders. This is a chance to be a 
a, a move that Kansas makes that can completely change the direction of Kansas football, can change their fortunes, a program that's been beat down and stepped on for decades and decades and decades, finally found its guy. They take care of him. This feels like the kind of, of, of move from Kansas that can, for once in my lifetime, make Kansas football relevant. I guess he had the one year with, with is it Mangino? Back in like 2007. But like other than that, it's been complete irrelevance in Kansas football. And it feels like they've made a move that can maybe keep them within the relevancy of college football. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, 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 again, I think that Lance has proven himself at other levels. And I think that he's, he's definitely going to get to, uh, Kansas is going to be a competitor um, That's weird to uh, say, for a good it? time to come. I, and I think he's deserving of that money. That feels so weird to say Kansas is going to be a competitor for a good time to come. Like, that just feels <laughs> wrong in college football. You've got Kansas State. You've got Kansas, Utah. We'll see what Arizona does. I know they're a bankrupt mess. But KU's got a good path to the playoff right now in the Big 12. I don't blame him for, for turning people down. Or, you know, there's some other bigger-name programs historically that have probably come after him. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm going to get taken care of where I'm at, and he's recruited well where he's at. Now, that just feels like crazy talk, though. Kansas with a path to left. You're right. You're 100% they, they do. right. They, they have the an amazing that that path. true is just mind-boggling. Well, they beat Oklahoma yeah. last year, right? I mean, Oklahoma's always a top-five team, it feels like, until they screw up. Texas is for real. I mean, they, they, they're, they're good. I mean, I have no – and I, I would be surprised – I think the ACC and I think the Big 12 Babbers, as we wind down, are endangered species. I think the rest of those schools, like in Kansas, that offer a lot, will be uh, eyed and maybe picked out by a Big Ten or a Big, or a, an SEC to join the, the two big dogs. That's what yeah, I'm thinking. I think that's, I think that's possible. The, the Big Ten, you, your first priority for the Big Ten is Notre Dame. You got to get Notre Dame, and at some point, Notre Dame's going to have to concede. But uh, yeah, and there's been talk about Texas A&M, although I don't know the, the buyout from SEC might uh, might give you some pause there. But uh, yeah, Kansas could be a potential uh, Big Ten. Well, they got rid of Jimbo. Maybe they can get rid of Texas. <laughs> yeah, like two X's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's it going to be? The Big Twenty Four? What I don't, I'm I, really going to stop. Still the Big Ten with four divisions. Babbers, we <laughs> love you. We will check in next week and we'll talk more money. How's that? Thanks, guys. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. We are courtside at PBA. As it's state basketball 2024, girls action here southeast, southwest at 6 o'clock locally. KFOR with the coverage, Jeff Motes, Tim Bob Kitzmiller. We say hi to Dr. Brandon Seifert, a jock doc Wednesday with Nebraska Orthopedic. And uh, we are going to talk a little injury here uh, as uh, you have uh, uh, Obi and Anobi uh, trying to get rehabbed here after elbow surgery and range of motion is key. Elijah, you're grinning. I, I think I nailed the name. OG. OG. OG? OG, yeah. Like as an original gangster? Exactly. Okay. Nailed it. Uh, 
you know, one of the uh, the original cross-country phenoms of central Nebraska is Dr. Brandon Seifert. Hey, Jock Talk Wednesday. Dr. Brandon, how are we doing today? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. Sounds like having a good time down at PBA. It is. It is nice. It is wonderful. The stands are filling in. Uh, you've got uh, Garnet. No, Garnet. You have Emerald and, and uh, Silver in front of me and Silver uh, and Gold and Black with some Southeast flavor, which is good. So... Let's talk about Obi here and this elbow injury. Had to have surgeries, working on range of motion. He's a guy that uh, all sorts of talent, but how often do you see NBA guys mess with, deal with elbow problems that require surgery? Is this kind of uncommon to your eyes? Yeah, Chris, definitely so. You know, definitely uncommon from that perspective. We typically don't see a lot of you know, kind of high-level elbow injuries in basketball. You know, occasionally we'll have a, a fracture of what we call the radial head. That's that basically a little round bone that's in the lateral side of that elbow. Sometimes we'll see that. But to have an injury that requires surgery in this scenario, you know, pretty uncommon. You know, as we talk about him, just kind of based on some of the reports that we're getting, uh, they talked about having to take what we call a loose body or some floating debris outside of the from inside the elbow. Typically, a procedure that you can do with what we call the arthroscope or just a scope, a couple of tiny poke holes and kind of fish out any kind of loose debris. You know, my question always in this scenario is if somebody has kind of loose debris floating around on the elbow, you know, it's one is, you know, where did it come from? Is this cartilage? Is it scar tissue? I think probably the biggest concern here would be maybe this is some cartilage that kind of broke off and was floating around. They kind of made mention about maybe some bone spurs that broke off. That's also a kind of a common issue there. But you start to really think about some other potentially significant pathology in the elbow that could be leading to these loose bodies that are there for him. And, and Brain, whenever you look at the history of this injury, that's what's kind of weird about it is it was first reported because Ananobi got traded to the Knicks after the deadline, played a couple weeks of good basketball, and then he goes on the injured list. It's reported he's going to be day-to-day, and then day-to-day becomes week-to-week. And then the news drops, well, he's had successful surgery to remove uh, a loose particle within his elbow, and he's going to be out for at least three weeks. And now three weeks later, it's, well, they're hoping to reevaluate him at the end of the week or maybe next week. I guess whatever you look at all that, the continued delayed with the elbow, what do you think the, the issue behind that continuous delay seems to be with his return? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, to think about that with him. Um, so it has been kind of one of those just kind of repetitive, you know, a couple days, a couple days, and they just kind of keep pushing it off. Um, you know, I think the big issue there was he probably had some days when he felt pretty well, you know, especially in the sense of this is just kind of a loose body that's floating around in there. You, know, you really will have some great days, and the moment that kind of slips into the joint and starts to catch, it's kind of like having a rock in your shoe. Then obviously you're feeling terrible, the elbow locks up, and you're kind of miserable for a few days. And then that piece kind of moves out of the way, and then you feel pretty good. So my suspicions are he's probably has had a couple of days where it feels great, and you have a day that's bad. And that's probably why they kept kind of doing this delay, thinking that in time maybe this would just kind of resolve and wouldn't have to do anything about it. Uh, but then eventually you reach the point where you keep pushing this down the road, and he keeps having these most likely locking events in the elbow. And then you, at that point you got to intervene. And fortunately, you know, based on what we're kind of hearing from reports, when it just kind of fished out the loose piece, didn't sound like they had to do anything too extensive. His recovery, you know, postoperatively should be pretty short. I know that window they're talking kind of three to six weeks. That's probably pretty reasonable. I think he'll come back in pretty good shape. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us. A Jock Doc Wednesday as we talk OG 
Ananobi uh, on our uh, Jock Doc uh, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. So what causes this? Is it contact? Is it just freak injury? I mean, what what is uh, what are some, some problems that occur with this, or is this just overuse, Dr. Brandon? Yeah, you know, typically it's going to be more kind of traumatic, um, kind of in the in the sport that he's in to be more maybe had a fall back in the day, had some damage to some of that cartilage, and maybe had chipped off some cartilage. Um, so in his sport, we typically see it more from that perspective. The other area you can see it, we see it a lot more like in our baseball players, kind of that chronic repetitive trauma to the area. You tend to load the outside of the joint, and you can start to maybe wear away some of that cartilage in an area called the capitellum, kind of the upper or outer part of the elbow, and then you start to have these pieces kind of break off. That's more kind of that chronic wear. So I don't know what his kind of sports background, and maybe he's got a you know significant throwing or baseball history. So you could speculate it could be from that. Um, but, you know, not having that history, my suspicions are this is probably more of kind of a post-result of a kind of post-trauma at some point along his career. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us here at Jock Doc Wednesday on Hale Varsity Radio. And Dr. Brandon, as we discussed return to play, the Knicks, they've really been scuffling without Ananobi, without Julius Randle. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They only have a two-game lead on uh, being in one of the play-in spots in the Eastern Conference as they're currently sitting in fourth, but again, you could quickly drop down to, to eighth or ninth with a couple of losses and a couple of wins from some teams behind you. As you discuss return to play, is this something where they're going to have to ease him back in, or is it once the elbow feels fine, once he gets the, 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 the signature from the dock, he's good to go back and play his regular minutes? What does that return to play look like for him? And then I guess as a follow-up with the last about 90 seconds here, what's the risk for re-injury? Yeah, so I would say that, you know, for starters, you know, risk of re-injury is pretty low. Big thing would just be kind of tweaking it. It's kind of sore, maybe some stiffness, but I don't think any huge hurdles from that perspective. Um, as you put him back in the lineup, you know, honestly, once he has full strength, full motion, I don't think you have to limit his minutes a whole lot. I think he gets out there and plays pretty darn well. Uh, the biggest issue is just going to be, again, regaining that motion. I will say, even though it doesn't seem like a huge procedure, you know, an elbow scope, going a couple tiny poke holes, you know, there's, there's a chance here you could get a little irritation on one of the nerves wherever we put our little, uh, uh, we call our little tunnels or portal sites where the camera goes in. There are, you know, several nerve structures that run near those, and those can get kind of irritated with these procedures. And so if he has any of that, that might potentially slow him down a little bit. Dr. Brandon Seifert uh, with us, a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, OG Ananobi and his elbow Dang. issue. You nailed it. Dr. Brandon, we appreciate you. Enjoy the run of state basketball here the next couple of weeks. Thanks for jumping on with us today. You bet, fellas. Take care. All right, there he is, Dr. Brandon with us. Always love his take, and there's a, uh, a happy Knicks fan out there. One. Hey, I got him on my fantasy basketball team, so you got a happy Elijah Herbal if he can get back in, in full strength. My team is scuffling. We're 2-14, and 14, but we're going to make that push at the end of the season. Southwest uh, coaches are headed back to the locker room. Players are winding down there. A uh, few moments left in pregame warm-up. It's uh, set up here as PBA uh, ready to go here for the night session. We'll wind down a Wednesday show. It's Hale Varsity here at PBA Powered. By Cornhead Logger. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
One final time, and uh, Jeff Motes, Tim Bob Kitzmiller, locally here, KFOR, going to have state girls coverage, opening round, night session with Southwest and Southeast. We're live here at PBA, and uh, Elijah, if uh, the night session anthem starts, it's going to be the Elijah Herbal Show. Oh, I can try my best. We, we, we can sing along. See, we don't want to do that to America. Yeah, that, that might be disrespectful. With our Did you see the clip of Big Cat and Jay Billis? It's a good thing they were not in the same room. As uh, Big Cat was talking about court storming and memories and the emotion. And I think Garth outlined it beautifully yesterday with just how college and, and fans are tied together. You don't want to break that bond with the, the joy that said the SEC is all about paying the folks who get court stormed <laughs> but, but Billis is, is on this high horse about player safety and of course a Duke guy got hurt and <laughs> is um, that's the other part of it it's a major blue blood program that where an injury occurred and I'm, I'm over it I mean I I don't care. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, you're going to court storm and don't lose. Those are my two takes on the whole situation. So, but but Billis was like, look, you're not going to change my mind. I don't care if you think you're going to talk me into it. I'm paraphrasing, but it was it was a little a little chippy. Like uh, two uh, two Titans are going for an offensive uh, slash defensive rebound. It's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's a divisive issue right now. Because, I mean, I understand where Bellis is coming from. A, being a diplomatic guy who played the sport. I don't think somebody who plays the sport necessarily understands that a court storming is the pinnacle of being a college basketball fan. If you get a chance to go storm the court, it does not get any better than as a fan. As a player, I'm not sure you understand the importance of that moment for the fans. And I understand you, you grow up as a fan, but once you get that college basketball experience, I just wonder... If you have that disconnect between former player and former fan, and then you also have, I mean, the the interests of a media organization, such as like ESPN, wanting to make sure all the best players are playing. I think that's something that has to be a factor as well as uh, we gear up for the national anthem down at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Again, Lincoln Southeast and Lincoln Southwest getting going here at 6. I'm going to turn that down in the background so it doesn't sound disrespectful as if I'm talking over the national anthem. Uh, that being said, like the the barstool sports where they have made so much of their money over the past couple of years as being the voice of the fans, Jay Billis and ESPN is not in that same category. It's two competing interests, if you will, whenever you discuss what that 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 conversation entails, I guess if you get what I'm saying here. So uh I don't know. It's not gonna change my mind. I think court storming is beautiful. I think it's great for the game of basketball. I think it's very necessary and important for fans. Okay, if you missed anything from the show today, and it was a weird one today, I can admit that as we had some local high school basketball coverage preempt us here on KFOR in the first hour of the show. We got going around 4.50, and then we had a full normal hour two. There is going to be an interview with KFOR Sports' Jeff Motes as we preview the high school basketball tournament. That was for the affiliates across the state. If you missed that, we're going to get you that as a podcast exclusive, so check that out wherever you get podcasts at HVRC Radio. Leave us your view. You also get that spot to check out the full show in its entirety. Also, check out the Hale Varsity YouTube page where you can get the video version of this show. For Chris Schmidt, it's Elijah Herbal signing off. 
from Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, for our local listeners, we have Southeast and Southwest next. A Huda Media Production.